Dr. Flint, a physician in the neighborhood, had married the sister of my mistress, and I was now the property of their little daughter. It was not without murmuring that I prepared for my new home, and what added to my unhappiness was the fact that my brother William was purchased by the same family. My father, by his nature, as well as by the habit of transacting business as a skillful mechanic, had more of the feelings of a free man than is common among slaves. My brother was a spirited boy, and being brought up under such influences, he daily detested the name of master and mistress. One day, when his father and his mistress both happened to call him at the same time, he hesitated between the two, being perplexed to know which had the strongest claim upon his obedience. He finally concluded to go to his mistress. When my father reproved him for it, he said, You both called me, and I didn't know which I ought to go to first. You are my child, replied our father, and when I call you, you should come immediately if you have to pass through fire and water. Poor Willie. He was now to learn his first lesson of obedience to a master. Grandmother tried to cheer us with hopeful words, and they found an echo in the credulous hearts of youth. When we entered our new home, we encountered cold looks, cold words, and cold treatment. We were glad when the night came. On my narrow bed, I moaned and wept. I felt so desolate and alone. I had been there nearly a year when a dear little friend of mine was buried. I heard her mother sob as the clods fell on the coffin of her only child, and I turned away from the grave, feeling thankful that I still had something left to love. I met my grandmother, who said, Come with me, Linda. And from her tone, I knew that something sad had happened. She led me apart from the people and then said, My child, your father is dead. Dead? How could I believe it? He had died so suddenly, I had not even heard that he was sick. I went home with my grandmother. My heart rebelled against God who had taken from me mother, father, mistress, and friend. The good grandmother tried to comfort me. Who knows the ways of God, said she. Perhaps they have been kindly taken from the evil days to come. Years afterwards, I often thought of this. She promised to be a mother to her grandchildren, so far as she might be permitted to do so, and strengthened by her love, I returned to my master's. I thought I should be allowed to go to my father's house the next morning, but I was ordered to go for flowers, that my mistress's house might be decorated for an evening party. I spent the day gathering flowers and weaving them into festoons while the dead body of my father was lying within a mile of me. What cared my owners for that? He was merely a piece of property. Moreover, they thought he had spoiled his children by teaching them to feel that they were human beings. This was blasphemous doctrine for a slave to teach, presumptuous in him and dangerous to the masters. The next day I followed his remains to a humble grave beside that of my dear mother. There were those who knew my father's worth and respected his memory. My home now seemed more dreary than ever. The laugh of the little slave children sounded harsh and cruel. It was selfish to feel so about the joy of others. My brother moved about with a very grave face. I tried to comfort him by saying, Take courage, Willie. Brighter days will come by and by. You don't know anything about it, Linda, he replied. We shall have to stay here all our days. We shall never be free.